what's going on everybody zombies here again and we are back with episode 21 of the fighting pit podcast uh today i am joined as always by my two co-hosts mullahu and wizard beast how are you guys doing today doing great yeah very good very good love to hear it so uh we we have some stuff on our agenda this this week is going to be a little bit more of a freeform episode um, also, uh, get this announcement out of the way right at the start. If you don't know already, for some reason, we are doing the Popper Open 2, uh, tournament next weekend. So if you're watching this over on YouTube or one of the podcasting platforms, by the time this goes live, it will be taking place a week from then. So the 28th of May. So not too far away. So definitely put that in your calendar. Uh, I think so. I really should know this um oh yeah yeah, yeah it is so celebrate your uh, your long weekend with some hearthstone playing some mercenaries that does not make you want to bash your head into a wall like ladder does um <laughs> so look forward to that but uh we are not going to be doing a podcast next week uh because of the event uh so basically we're going to be focused on the event it's going to be live streamed uh we're all going to be involved with it should be a lot of fun uh, there's a command in the chat, so if you want to check out any information about the event, we have the Popper 2 command. You can check out the link, and that will be in the description as well. Uh, but yeah, so no podcast next week um, because tournament's going to be live, and we're going to be focusing on that for Saturday. But we will return the week after, and if our uh, suspicions <laughs> and prior patch note stuff are correct, that should be after when New Mercenaries comes out. Uh, the big drop happens, 23.4 happens. We're thinking all signs point to that happening on the 31st. So this will give us something to uh, to look forward to, uh, you know, practice for the popper for the next, you know, week or so or whatever. Get your cool comps ready. And uh, then after that it ends, we should only have to wait like two or three more days. And hopefully the new drop will save us because then it's just, a whole new world yeah because it's real bad right now i mean we were talking about it before uh, we started the show but the the meta is just really really bad right now and i mean i know speaking personally it is by far the least amount of mercs pvp i've played since launch i'm not even 5k rating yet i think <laughs> like that's that's ridiculous for me if you're like this late in the month normally i get to like 10k in the first week or something but it, it, there's just been no, at least for me, no desire to really play because of the state of the meta and other things. Um, but yeah, so we didn't, we did get a patch today. That patch did not do anything for mercenaries, but truthfully, I don't think any of us were really that surprised by this. I think when we saw that we didn't get any changes in the point two patch, I think that was a pretty big major sign that they were basically throwing up their hands and saying, all right, you're waiting until point four. <laughs> like we're, we're not doing, we're not doing something in between, uh, whether that is the right call or the wrong call. Uh, we'll leave that up for your interpretation, but it just seems to be the way it is right now. So I wasn't really surprised, uh, by this lack of changes. They did fix, uh, the bug with the Rexar portraits though. That was like the one little, thing they threw in there was uh if you were missing your rexar portraits which i'm pretty sure everyone who had one was missing them um they're back now and uh 
If you were unfortunate enough to open a Rexar skin when and get one of those ones you already had, you will be gifted another Rexar skin, or if you have them all, coins, which is not the greatest, but at least they're doing something. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't expect them to even do the, we'll give you another portrait, like, for the character. Like, uh, so, I mean, that's kind of nice. Again, kind of bare minimum there, but at least, you know, you're doing something for, because it's going to be a small amount of people that run into that problem, but it's still a major say, like, feels bad. Like, like, if, yeah, is, is it even like a single, like a double digit number of people that would have that happen to them? Like, you, you would have to be someone like tapped into mercenaries that has the skins and yeah. is like ripping through packs, apparently. Who is doing like what? What intersection of person is that really? Where like they're yeah. this deep enough into the game, but kind of almost disconnected enough from it that they don't know. Going, yeah, going yeah. against the community sentiment, which is don't open your packs. Like, uh, and then you have to high roll a Rexar portrait like on top of it. Like, I literally would love to see the actual stats on it because I feel like it was like a yeah, literally like a single digit number of people like around the world. <laughs> yeah, I think I only saw. I think I saw one person uh, post it in the Mercenaries Discord. I think I saw a picture, but yep. yeah, that was all I've heard of anything about it. I, yeah, I think I saw the same thing. I think like there was like literally one person, I think, who got kind of screwed by this, which is unfortunate. Um, like It really shouldn't happen at all, and frankly, it's a little concerning that uh, it can happen that your skin can just go poof due to some spaghetti code or, or some weird bug. Because, um, like, I kind of mentioned this in the video talking about Rexar disappearing. They're charging a lot of money for <laughs> these cosmetics in this game. And uh, it just, it's it's weird to me that like somehow on accident, they can just poof and disappear. I don't think there's any precedent there for that happening in, uh, in regular Hearthstone. If it did, I can't remember a time where that happened. Like where your, your gold cards suddenly go missing. Yeah, the cards go yeah they should be back so. uh blue train yeah. the, the 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 patch today brought the rexar skins back um yeah yeah i got mine back to the no, I think, yeah like, like, oh, can see the diamond again remember the remember the rexar skins yeah no take it a peek um no i mean i i think the honestly i'm not really super surprised if anything i'm kind of surprised that they actually fixed it as kind of as quickly as they could because <laughs> to me this seems like it's since it's so unprecedented my first instinct when I heard that was like, and I just kind of assumed that it would maybe be mirrored on the dev side of just like, oh, oops. <laughs> I mean, they're got they're they'll come back. Like, yeah, they told us very gone. quickly like, they're, they'll they're, come they're back. Like, but... So I almost think that they like uh, props to them that they kind of got it out quickly enough in that way, um, because it's such a weird problem to have, but also like it only just like feels bad for the moment. Like you were kind of saying, like the fear of like what does this maybe suggest about anything else but it is a weird little like inconsequential kind of quote-unquote problem but um they got blue train you got them back so cool nice yeah I, I think they should be back for everybody at this point um if they aren't back for some reason definitely might be worth uh contacting support i actually know a few people tried to contact support about this issue um but it support was not very helpful with it <laughs> from what i i had heard because probably, you know, it's a it's a big company and probably the, the support people were not clued in at all as to what was going on with this. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it it's kind of reminds me a little bit of the 
miscommunication basically that happened with like the the Leroy stuff where they put in that bundle with a legendary and they didn't really make it super clear that uh Leroy was not obtainable. Like you kind of had to go out of your way to right. find that. So if you're just playing the game, just be like, all right, I'm missing one character. It's Leroy. He's a legendary. I get a legendary. I get Leroy. I know a few people who actually, uh, who basically had that thought and then were pretty mad when, uh, when they got a skin instead. Cause especially if you're someone who does not care about skins and there are a lot of people who they don't care about skins and that's fine. But like, if you don't care about skins and you think you're getting like a useful character and then you get a skin, that's like, it's a pretty big slap. That's a, it's a pretty big slap in the face and slap in the wallet, right? Like that, that's one of those things that'd be like, I would question spending money again if that happened to me and I was in that position, like at least in like the short term. So luckily we, it seems, I think they've learned a little bit from that and, uh, the, we know that the, and this is kind of why we theorize and kind of know when the new Mercs are coming, they specifically told us when the Nazoth event ends, it ends into patch 23.4, and we know that is the Mercenaries patch. Um, so we know the, the amount of time left because the event tells us, now that's not bugged, because <laughs> when it launched it said just an hour, less than an hour, and it scared a couple people. <laughs> but no, you do have more than an hour to uh, complete your Nazoth tasks. You have until the 31st of May is the deadline. And it was fun. It was a fun little event. Um, I, we talked about it before, but it is worth mentioning. I think they are taking the feedback about these events to heart, and they are making them generally better, in my opinion, um, for the most part. You know, there are still some hiccups and bugs and stuff along the way, uh, but that's, uh, I think that's a harder area to foresee, like, those problems happening. But the bigger thing, at least to me, was we can farm Nazoth coins in a bounty without having to wait for the event to end, and we it can get his heroic item in Maxim without waiting for the event to end. And that's great. Like, that was one of my biggest, uh, biggest complaints with Leroy, is it's just so weird when you get all this content and time gating just like rubs me the wrong way in this mode because it's like it i think it makes at least to me it makes you aware of how grinding focused the game is whenever a game starts to time gate me i'm just like mm-hmm. like it's arbitrary it's like especially when in these instances the content is essentially in the game we're not waiting for them to uh not waiting for them to put the content out it's here it's just locked and we can't touch it um because they want to have content for two or three weeks from now but when it's not substantial content when it's just a bounty where you're going to run through it once maybe twice for the heroic uh it doesn't feel like there's a point to like what's the difference in me doing that on release day versus me doing it three weeks later like does it actually like I don't, maybe that's some bias there because I'm already like an invested player. Maybe they're thinking it'll bring more casual people back. Uh, but I don't know. It, it just, that always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Um, I know we had some interesting discussion about it on a prior episode, but I really, if nothing else, just the fact that we have a bounty that is reasonable to farm for uh, not only the new event character, but we also get murky thrown in there is fantastic. Like, if when this new Mercs drop happens, uh, we get bounties where it's like Anixia's Lair, where like 
almost all of them either like all, all three good coins or two out of three good coins like those were some of the best bounties be if ever anything else honestly i know? agree i agree i feel like it has to at least be two for sure um but i figure yeah. there'll probably be some with three but i think every single one has to have at least two of the new ones especially now that they're like holding off on this whole new dark shore and everything like they only released the first one yeah that's um i figured yeah i figured that's yeah. why they're kind of holding off but, yeah um, yeah kind of as you were saying with all of the events like they are kind of listening to the feedback like after the chiji one most of the feedback was hey it was fun and great to play but for some people it was a little too hard to kind of get up to it and catch up and the leroy was a lot easier mm -hmm. but then like the main feedback from that one was um the toki daily and then that got fixed for this one so they True. have been listening to a lot of the feedback on it so you know that is the good thing is whatever we're saying they are listening to so it's always yeah. good to know that your communication about the mode is mattering basically to the team and the best. yeah it's like yeah. you're not I mean, talking to a brick wall <laughs> yeah and and speaking of this so like i want to like bring us back in that way to the chiji event when we were talking to bring us back to the time gating concept as well in that way because i remember when the chiji event happened basically what was different with the chiji event and the leroy event in that same way where i remember oddly the chiji event kind of happened they gave you like we said you could get two of the equipment and then not the third one and the third one was a quote-unquote good one yep and i ought like again in terms of how we've talked a lot about before of like this game being so heavily dependent on like player perception is like king in this game mode for some crazy reason mm -hmm. but i i remember feeling like i actually kind of liked that system that the the good like almost like the very obviously good equipment was time gated mm -hmm. because it forced us to be able to play Tried differently if right if you wanted to mess around with gg then yeah then you kind of had to like you had this weird little like fake meta where Chiji was semi-powered, and if it was, it was it was kind of cool. Again, part of this again was this because it was the first event? Was it because the the nature of the meta at the time was it a Chiji thing? But it it felt kind of funky to be like, all right, does Chiji at half power make the cut? Because if it does, that's awesome, and it's only going to get better. Or if it doesn't, we actually kind of like get to feel good about like, oh well, then maybe in a week it'll be good, and we almost get to like suspend. Our disappointment and if anything <laughs> maybe we know like it's fine to be underpowered for a little bit because it's gonna get better so i remember having like positive associations actually with parts of that event what do you guys think was different other than again was it the fact that it wasn't really like the best equipment that was hidden in the same way was it a meta thing like was chi just in a good time where people were excited to play it period was it because chi was bugged what what do you guys think uh, i think main thing was bug because like when chi chi came out yeah i i probably honestly played over a hundred games easily on chi chi yeah. with the comps and i tried out so many different comps with it like chi chi was my favorite character in the game mm -hmm. before they nerfed him into the ground yeah uh, because <laughs> even though it made the ability strong like there was different comps that would easily beat it like mm -hmm. i was having trouble with some of them and i found like one decent one which would be uh, kind of using Chiji actually as the nature back end instead of like a cookie mm -hmm. was actually really good just mm -hmm. with Malfurion heals and sustain just because there wasn't being right, right, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you could just have your Chiji kind of survive and then build up the damage and it would be good. But having that Firestorm 
Now, it's still as good to get big heals, but besides that, Chi-Chi's not really doing anything, it feels like. So, yeah. it, if I think it was just mainly the bug that okay. made so it seem like... It was just kind of so like... Much. But it didn't matter what the equipment was. Like it was, it was just a merc that was just too good, anyways. Well, uh, it yeah. mattered than... because it was bugged. <laughs> but well, like, no, no, exactly. But that's what I'm saying is like, I guess the. So would it actually be okay to replicate that same event system if like the character was just really good? Like in a certain sense, Chigi, Leroy, and Nazoth are kind of not constructed playable, or like role players and, and nearly in the same sense that even like for that brief period Chigi was um but like imagine if we had like a valera event right where the character was like very clearly nuts and you got a natural smoke as your time gated equipment right mm -hmm. like would that have been more interesting like would that have been more fun would like literally even the fact that she like after a period of time she just like becomes invisible and becomes this like super mode would she have been good enough to like play around with without the unnatural smoke? I don't know. Like, would we be okay with pushing the limits of a character strength in order to have a time gated element to it? I doubt it. It obviously seems like such a slippery slope. But very. What if the character <laughs> was just good? Like, what? What if it was just better than Leroy and better than Nazoth? Like, what is the actual minimum that it needs to be to make it maybe okay? Well, I think honestly, so far, what I've seen of Nazoth. He's actually been pretty good so far, and yeah. a lot of the comps I have seen him. Um, I think Trigor is making it harder for him to shine, but without it, definitely, he's actually very strong. Um, I think he's definitely the strongest out of the three of the event huh? marks. Oh, I uh, disagree pretty hard on that one. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I'm yeah, like I'm I'm not gonna stand for uh, Mull who's Leroy slander. <laughs> I, I I'm I mean, some people are gonna maybe, think maybe I missed it, but. I'm on the copium, but he's good. Leroy is a good character, and I will I will no. die on the hill that he is better than the other two by a significant margin, at least no, uh, yeah. relative to the current environment. And even even before yeah, Trigor, though, Trigor memed, like like even before Trigor, Leroy was good. But I think the cool thing about Leroy is that one, he's he's good, he's powerful, but I think fair in a lot of ways. Um, and it's like, you kind of have to set him up. You have to, you're not usually leading with your Leroy. You're trying to really leverage his strengths of become really big, hit everything at zero speed and make the, the basically little mini yog go off and random order. Um, and generally that's, those are the times I've had the most success with him, like buffing him up with Tyrion from the start and then having him come in later or, and this kind of touches on, opening him. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. But uh, this touches on what you mentioned about the equipment. What we saw with Leroy was very interesting because uh, the equipment most people, myself included, thought was the best equipment was one that we got early. Uh, it was, it was just, it was not locked. And I uh, extra, the extra attack or whatever, right? Yeah, it, the the one extra attack for his skill one. And now the one that was locked was his ability where whenever a character dies, he gains, I think four or six attack it's some amount of attack i think it might be six i'm not sure somewhere That's between four and six it is a lot of attack and then when you factor in golems are dying this counts spawns dying right like yeah triple attack is i was not a believer in it at first but uh i had a few different people mention it to me and then i tried it out and it's like holy crap this uh this ability is actually pretty busted and i think it actually might be his best equipment 
And I didn't think that for the longest time, but like, especially in the current environment, there's just so much stuff that dies. It's like, you just make a really big Leroy. And then if you make this gigantic Leroy and then you can just press your, your zero speed, especially if you can make the Leroy big and get off the, uh, the ability that makes him immune while attacking. That ability is so insane if you have a buffed up Leroy. Uh, and it also fixes one of the few things Leroy's zero speed is weak to, which is basically freeze effects and and kind of taunt, but not really taunt. Uh, more so freeze effects, because if you didn't know this, if you zero scale with Leroy, or scale three with Leroy, uh, and you hit, the, the order is random, it doesn't go left to right or anything, it's random who you hit into and when, but if you hit a water elemental or whatever, Leroy gets frozen, and he's not attacking anymore. Um, and that comes up more than you would think, because Jaina and Belinda exist. And it can actually be a pretty decent counter if you know your opponent is going to zero-speed Leroy next turn, just throw down a water elemental, because if Leroy hits that first, oh, yeah. you just, you, you're screwed. But if you make him immune while attacking, he does not get frozen because no damage uh is uh being taken so they don't get he doesn't get frozen and i've had that come up before in uh in pvp surprisingly so it's pretty interesting no, that's cool. like uh, and i do think i just wanted to, to put that out there i i'm a believer in leroy he's shown like he's pretty much in my opinion like the perfect event mercenary so far like he's yeah. playable in pvp He's an iconic character people are already familiar with, though I do wish we got the OG voice lines, but that's a minor thing. Um, and yeah. But he doesn't slot into everything. Like, it's it's not a smart play to throw Leroy in every comp under the sun because he doesn't work to his full potential in every comp. He works in specific builds, and I think that's the way to do it, whereas I think Chi-Gi was kind of lacking a specific build for it. It was just kind of propped up by that bug we were talking about uh, where it's, it was applying more of the, the healing for the AOE for more damage. And then Nazoth is kind of interesting because I think Nazoth suffers from the fact that just summons are still a relatively underpowered mechanic in relative to the power level of other things and mercenaries. And on top of that, the Trigor meta has completely brought back Karen and Diablo who hate summons to begin with basically so it's like i think it's kind of like a, a double hitter where they're just like nazoth he's not a bad character he has some interesting moves and there's definitely some potential with him but in the current environment it just feels like it is really hard to make a build that is focused around caring about your summons and the the only builds we see that do that are already some of the best builds in the game because what comp yeah. cares about the summons more than your Trigor Kazakas comps with Sylvanas on the bench? Like that is the the summon comp, and yeah, you could put Nizoth in there, and I think somebody did and won some games with it, and I'll probably do that too. But it doesn't. It it's kind of just like you're you're taking like a tier one deck and you're you're putting like a a, a bad or a meme card in it to have fun, and that's totally cool. But like. Yeah end of the day if you're trying to like win games or something it's not a positive addition to <laughs> that whatever comp. that is yeah uh, i don't think yeah. two things i will say on that though the first thing that we didn't actually get wrong with the trigor or sorry yeah with the trigor interaction with nizoth 
his minion is still invincible when the Trigor ability goes off. So it really? doesn't kill his minion. Yep. So That's weird. Gets... And then the Trigor, because it's inside the attack action. That's how like the other Trigors yeah. go off against each other. That's it's true, yeah. Attack action. So it actually doesn't kill it, which makes it actually really good whenever there's any like Trigor Valera That's interesting. Because then it lives yeah. for the next turn. And then, yeah, it messes um, up the Valera. Yeah, I've actually seen uh, Nazoth I've seen and other people I've talked to. Number one counter right now to Trigor. Really? I've heard of and seen. Yeah, because um, in the best Trigor comp that I've actually seen that has been rising up is... Or sorry, what uh, that beats Trigor is Kazakus Diablo Nazoth. Really? Oh, that's kind of interesting. You have, you have so many summons that you can... Yeah, that you can just screw up if you really want to. You can do the taunt. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you got the Diablo that slows Nizoth to start summoning guys. And then by the time you don't really focus on Nizoth, everyone has to go for Kazakus. Um, mm -hmm. You always get like a big blow up, which is just really good. So that's interesting. It's just been actually huh. very strong that I've seen. Oh, I'm glad to yeah, hear it. Diablo yeah. hitting the backlash is nice. Like the Doom Charge on backlash is definitely. Yeah, no, it's yeah, very cause... powerful slowing down Trigor. It, it basically neuters yeah, him for the following turn. Like. He does yeah. almost nothing and most he of the time. Just dies by then too. Yeah, and but it, yeah, it's actually been okay. Okay, what uh? Does that mean that people just like aren't trying hard enough right now? Is that like uh, are, are we just seeing that it's that's like I one of the biggest problems? Yeah, I think it's a combo of two things. Is one is that a lot of people I think have just kind of given up, and two, um, of course since Zoff just came out, people are still grinding. Yeah, he's up. new. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but, that's true. But uh, yeah, I've already seen uh two separate people of Max and Zoffs. Wow, um, in PvP, that have been just rolling with that. At least I've tried like a bunch of different comps and everything, and it's been uh really hurting with that opener. He's been very strong in Trigor. Uh, do you know so, the what, what does Nizoth really do against the Trigor by itself? So, so overall, it's the extra fifteen damage randomly. Same with uh, Kazakus. It just is another summon that is probably one of the best summons in the game right now, which is actually right. just eating up damage mm -hmm. or is making it so the trigor is not doing too much um and then diablo kind of helps it and Zoff isn't like a turn one oh like i'm gonna kill trigor it's setting up right, right. yeah the next turn you can give your minion a lot more stats normally that's the follow-up because the minion's not dead yet unless it's mm -hmm. like a valera you give your minion stats so like you can, and then you go for the taunt and then it's like the following turns you go you for blow the stuff up blow yeah up. and that makes yeah, sense yeah Kizakis, yeah, because most of the time it's the Diablo that dies first. Even if people are focusing the okay. uh, Kazakus, it's because you can kind of kill off your own Diablo, and then you can come in with Vol'jin, shadow damage to everything, mm -hmm. and then you have the weakness, Kazakus can start doing the shadow claws, and you can just kind of just start rolling, because everyone's kind of ignoring the, the Zoff. So it's just, he summons guys out, gets big blow-ups, and I've seen him, basically, he'll live to the end, and sometimes even just win, like, 1v2s. Just because he can just summon a big guy, they it can't really kill it. Every time that never dies. Uh, yeah, oh, and it's like, oh, you want to kill that? You have to spend a whole ability. And there's some people who don't do 15 damage flat because you can't crit it. Yeah, so that's it's true. actually been very strong out, at least what I've been seeing of the comps. So, okay. well, I'm glad uh, yeah, one of us is tuned into it, right? What, like, what equipment for it? Too? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah what equipment for that one? And uh, what equipment for Kazakis, too, I'm interested in? Because, like, if you think about uh, it, Shadow Claws. 
Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking, because it's like you lose a lot of the benefit of the stats. You're really only benefiting uh, Diablo, right? Because Kazakus and Trigor don't really attack. Or not Trigor, Kazakus and Nazoth don't really attack. So that I was wondering if, and I think it does make a lot of sense, and uh, to do the, the Shadow Claws. But what about for Nazoth? What have you liked on him the most? Like, I know I was a big fan of the... I like that AoE at the start, start of turn. Like, yep, start start of turn is really good. When you're um, committed to the that shadow, I think yeah. it's a powerful were, were they effect. Actually playing the Tamsin? Did they have a Tamsin on the bench? Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to remember six. So it was opener Kazakus with Shadow Claws. Then it was Diablo with. Um, they actually took the ability of the increased um, apocalypse. Really? That's so wrong. I'm yeah, I I can't. I don't understand that at all. One yeah. person was doing that. The health one, of course, is better because of the summons. But they went for that one, which it actually did matter in the late game because it did enough damage with the thing. So one time it actually did work yeah. against. That's me. funny. <laughs> but yeah, it makes would... like the Trigor breakpoint like exactly perfect for some reason, and like sure, but yeah, I, that has to be like the very specific only reason i'm ever not taking like we even added more reasons why black soulstone is cracked in that deck yeah we cut it no no no. yeah <laughs> yeah i haven't played the deck personally yeah. just because i don't have my Nazoth leveled up it's i haven't done too much grinding mm -hmm. but yeah I, I would say the equipment's what you should do is definitely black soulstone or that one yeah uh, zaka's shadow claws just having extra damage on it is really good and then uh Nizof start a game deal four damage to everything and then bench uh savannah's because you have all the summons and then it was a Tamsin and oh yeah, Fulgen. So it was um Yeah, that's basically like all it was in. four blue, but against a lot of reds right now, and there hasn't been I would say there's a lot more blues and reds running around than greens currently. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, you know, there right. might be um, just not playable right now. Yeah. Because most of, of them. So it's been working out. Yeah. Yeah, there's still like some Belinda and Valera and stuff running around. But um also another thing that is good to note though is for Valera, if you're targeting the lowest um, attack, because I remember I was playing a comp, and it's like after... I'm trying to remember what it was, but it's like something, if it goes for the random hero, it always hits the one that is closest to the right if they are an equal health or something, if it's at, if they're at the same health. Because I remember Kazakus and Diablo have the same health breakpoint, <laughs> And I played six games against them. Unless it was just super unlucky, he always put his Diablo to the right, and it always hit that one first into uh, the Kazakus. Which, or if I hit the Kazakus, I would have like had the crits and everything, and it would have been a completely different game. I think that's but luck, because uh, I've, I've experienced it the other way. Like I, I I've noticed that too, where they're the same, and I've had it with like Valera or whatever, where it's like it's trying to attack the lowest, and it it swaps. Mm -hmm. It's not always the okay. the same so one I based on positioning. Yeah, you you low rolled really hard. Uh, <laughs> well, we know Wizard Beast account is already like bugged to high heaven, apparently. Anyways, <laughs> so that's just another <laughs> list of you, you get guaranteed all, diamonds or whatever. Yeah, just, you got you got weird numbers in your account. I don't know. Yeah, I always get, somehow get lucky on pack openings. Yeah. So ho hopefully for this you next paid, one too. I'll take that deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. I don't. I guess I'll attack while well, it's a tie in this specific exact moment. Uh, yeah. Well, the more you know, right? That's good. I, I mean, I'm. Mm -hmm. I've definitely theory crafted with Nazoth, and I think um, it is worth noting with the greens. Not a lot of, not a ton of greens are seeing play, but I think an important distinction there is that. 
uh, the greens that do see play are incredibly powerful, um, which is why you know yeah. they're the only greens seeing play. Because if you're running a green, you need to be doing something against these powerful uh, blues and uh, and reds. And, and you're focusing like Kazakus anyways, apparently too. Like yeah. from from what we're seeing, for the most part, like people just aren't going to respect them as often the same way. At least for right now, right? No, it's a classic, yeah, like they're not going to mercenary thing where. Even if no he's good, on, so they'll be like, ah, you know, it kind of reminds me of the the frost opener, and I think this is what is in part what made frost so strong. You see, Varden local Arjana open. Turn one, your big decision is: Am I killing this Jaina or popping this Jaina, or am I killing this Lokalar? Like Varden isn't even on your radar because yeah. those are the two characters that enable scaling and enable the comp to get out of hand, and potentially. Again, I haven't played enough of it to really develop much of my own opinion in terms of PvP, but potentially with the shadow stuff, you're kind of saying a similar thing, right? Like, you're kind of saying, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you ignore my Diablo to kill my Kazakus, well, then the Zoth and then whatever comes in off the bench are going to do well. But if you focus the Diablo, then we get all the shadow stuff going. And so it, it kind of makes it, uh, it, it kind of makes it, where these these greens have to be of like a certain level uh to see to see play and like diablo by far top of the chart and like i'm shocked honestly that they changed the equipment like like malhu said that's got to be like a giga throw in a misclick. in a yeah well, <laughs> pv yeah. misclick right um but you can't like you can't run a comp that focused on summons and uh and not have like Diablo be your payoff because we've already seen how absurd Diablo gets just with one Trigor. God forbid you're in a mirror or not even a mirror, but a game where the opponent oh, has one. Two Kazakas is on the field. Like, do, do you know the amount of times I've seen an opponent like just go like spam their golems into my Diablo? Hundred instantly. Yeah, and it's just like both both Kazakuses do golems. Both Diablos go to like 150 HP on turn one or something silly, and then you just keep doing it. Like I had a game like that, I think versus Rodri, where it was like we just grew our Diablos to over 200 HP, and they were like some of the yeah, last you don't units. Have another option. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what, what's your Diablo? If it's Diablo Kazakus, like what? Else? You don't get to kill anything quickly. You just yeah. both sit there and just yeah, your Diablos just get huge. Like, did it come down to a bench thing more than anything? Kind of. It came down to the Diablos, but the bench also mattered a lot because they had a Sinestra bench, and I was having kind of a little bit of a hard time dealing with it. My way to deal with it was basically I had Sylvanas and they did not. Uh, yeah, but like the game came down to we both had big Diablos. They had Sinestra. I think I had two other units um, and Sylvanas, but Sylvanas was low, and I think both of my other units were... No, the other unit was low, Sylvanas was low, my Diablo was a bit higher HP than them, but I couldn't outlast... If my units died, I would just lose to Sinestra Diablo. So I had to, like, find a way... It ended up being a tie, actually, surprisingly, um, which you don't usually see a whole ton. Um, I mean, a little bit more yeah, with Sylvanas. Well, I sniped True. down oh, the, oh, the classic Sylvanas tie. That, oh, like literally, like they both died. Not that the game ended. Yeah, like, no, like died. Um, pretty much, like uh, yeah, they didn't have Sylvanas. Sinestra was in their green spot, so I sniped the Sinestra, but I didn't have enough damage to one hit it. So I think I had to focus the Diablo first to get it like in range of the the death rattle, 
So I, I had like 60-something damage, so it was a lot. And I was like, maybe my Diablo can get there, because then it dies, it hits the big Diablo, it deals a ton to the Sinestra. But it ended up being uh, a tie somehow. Um, it was a good game. Um, if you want to check it out, it's the video where I'm fucking complaining about Trigor for 20 <laughs> minutes or whatever. Um, but it, it was an interesting game. One That was one of the few situations in the Trigor meta where I felt like I actually had to think a little bit at least in the light game yeah. but like i think uh, how far are we falling the green thing is kind of showing um oh, yeah. what's happening with all this synergy right like mm-hmm. i think that's why trigor is so hard to target because it's it's kind of a critical mass of synergy where if you leave trigor alone he's going to wreck your that's shit uh, yeah, but if, if you local yeah but if you kill him it's like well, you didn't really stop the problem because these other units are threatening and now one of them gets a huge boost depending on what you swap in. That's why I think these the the Karen Volgen benches have been so good because it gives you so much versatility. Uh like so you get to decide, do I want to swap in the Volgen to just blow them up with the the shadow claws, shadow damage stuff, or do I swap in Karen to speed up and get a Diablo AoE? Both of those are very good and very quick plays. Um, and it's just totally, I mean, we talked about it for a while. Karen Diablo totally disappeared for a while, and now they're back in full force. Those mercs never got any worse. The It's all about the context, though. And Trigor completely changed the context of the meta. And it just so happens that these characters synergize with him super duper well, even though there's not any kind of... Uh, there's no hoops you have to jump through for this synergy, right? You don't have to satisfy a requirement. It happens, yeah. It's not beasts. Yeah. It's not... It, and like Molahu said in a previous episode, you the fact that you get to dictate uh, what, like kind of how the Trigor is hitting by it triggering off your own attacks, I think is like the biggest problem with this. So like strong. Backlash, it should be a defensive ability. It, it And it would still be good. It just wouldn't be S-tier meta warping good like i don't want trigor to go back to being a useless character i think generally if we look at all the the changes they did the majority of the changes were actually very good and positive even if some of them were a little weird but this one change not being good the level of which it is not good is so high above everything else because like we not good yeah like, we, we, we've had broken stuff in Mercenaries, right? Like, there, there's, I don't think anyone who played with Valyra for more than two weeks or a month and was like, yeah, this is a fair character. This is a wet, very well-balanced yeah. character. Like, even your most, yeah. like, uh, biggest Valyra defenders probably aren't going to be saying that. And I know, because I was one of them. Um, but the the thing with it is, it's just like, at least then, there was more... I felt you could do about it, even if we didn't always have sure. direct counters. And it never, and this is why I really liked Mercenary so much, the meta felt like it was always evolving, and the the pacing of release definitely helped with that a little bit, but it felt like we had a, a great cycle of new mercs come out that first week, week and a half, maybe two weeks, people are grinding up the characters. Then they start to see play, people figure out like a good strategy or two or three, and then once those catch on, people start coming up with, you know, counters a few days or a week later. And it kind of worked very nice and neatly inside a month where it felt like just as the the things were starting to get like 
more figured out, it would just be like thrown up in the air again because we got some new characters that totally changed stuff. And I know that wasn't uh, everybody's favorite release cycle because there are a lot of people who felt like they could not keep up with it. And I totally understand that view as someone who's put way more time into this game than any person probably should. Um, like I totally understand why for probably the majority of players, this different release cycle is better, but it, it's not without its problems. Well, and we see, yeah, exactly. We haven't really seen it yet. Like that's we're kind of just in limbo waiting for it to prove itself. Exactly. And that's why I haven't been as harsh about this, I guess, as I could have been right. Like I definitely have some strong opinions about how the meta has been and whatnot, but like I'm trying to give them a, a fair shake of I'm not going to write this off as a purely negative thing until I ex actually experience like you can't judge it until we see what these new big drops are because we've never gotten that like it, there's just no precedent for it so this could be the worst it ever gets right like it could be all downhill from here it could, it could be so hard <laughs> but yeah. like we don't know we'll know soon hopefully but I mean, I guess not even really soon if you think about it, because I think part of what, yeah, I think oh, part of, well, that's the release, but I don't think, I don't think release itself right, that, is, uh... is going to fully answer the question, right? Like, cause again, that time it takes for people to level stuff and then figure it out and stuff. But I think what's really gonna fully test it is, I mean, obviously seeing the release will be a big part of it, but the the few weeks or month two months into release you know when we we're like a quarter or halfway through to the next one if things get to a point like they are now we need to see if that's something they're willing to step in and change or not because for now with the trigor stuff it's been a pretty firm no <laughs> um and uh I mean that's not the it, most it really surprising. Seems like they're just but... committed to the new stuff is going to be the new stuff. Like it's it's like we're in beta and the real game is going to come out in a little while, and they're like, all right, we're just waiting until the actual like release, and then yeah, I mean and then here it comes. Yeah, I mean it's like I what I've been saying before is this is kind of like the downtime. They're adjusting to it, so like hopefully this is the worst it's ever going to be. And, you know, after this, they'll have the big drops, but then they stay. Because, like, as they did say in the patch notes, there will be more frequent balance changes. So I'm hoping once, like, hey, they'll give us a little while for the meta, That's settle true. down. Yeah, exactly. Change at least, like, every, you know, two weeks if it is needed or something, you know? Just, like, in those, like, in-between areas. So. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm at least I'm hoping for because they did say that so you know no yeah we do need to remember yeah it. that like there's there is we almost think that there's only like one one big change coming but there's actually two and so we're almost like forgetting about the second one that is supposed to be an even better thing so yeah I mean we are just truly waiting in that sense and uh yeah just to to kind of to answer Parzival's question in the chat too of like what was and just to kind of refer back to one last little thing I want to talk about in terms of like the release schedule like that is that the release schedule basically used to be every month you got one drop of mercenaries. It was about five. Yeah, it was like four to five. That's how the, yeah, that's like how the beginning, like the very beginning of the year last year in October, it was about once a month, you'd get about five mercs. It was a little rocky at first because Valera got kind of nasty, but then there was like this super perfect sweet spot right after 
right in the beginning of 2022 where that same release schedule was like basically five mercs a month and it was so good for like three months straight and then the bounty stuff or like the events started happening and then they started changing like so many things and then yeah. they we got seven it was the mercs, new year which is all yeah, of a sudden too right. many and then but that so like it went from four to five mercs in a month to seven mercs now that like pushed the limit kind of scared a lot of people and then they started changing everything so there was this like brief little i mean brief it was a couple months or whatever maybe like two months or something like that but it was the that old release schedule was honestly as far as i was concerned the best it was mm -hmm. and then they almost like i get we have to see the reality but it's almost as if they might be over adjusting too much to some of the complaints again how we were kind of talking about like we, they are listening they are kind of catching up several months later uh is this the over adjustment response to like the end of last year or something like of lira i don't know uh so we really kind of just have to see what happens with this 20 new mercenaries but i would kind of again without seeing anything new there were times when the once a month five mercs worked and i think wasn't unbearable and imagine if we had the changes like having an actual bounty spot that has three of the coins for it. Like we didn't have those things. So like there mm -hmm. are quality of life changes that we did get, but then we continue to change stuff. It's like a classic, just like fluke or like a classic problem in science to like yeah, exactly. two variables at once. Mm -hmm. so you yeah. just, your data doesn't make sense if you change two things at once. And so we'll see. We'll yeah. See. You know, that's literally, I'm glad you said the science thing. Cause that's literally, as soon as you said that, I was just like, you know, when you're experimenting and trying to find a result on something, you need a you need a like uh, control right, and then you take one specific element of that control and you mess with it and you compare and see because you can't accurately draw a conclusion if you're editing two, three, four, five things at the same time because any one of those individual things could be the positive thing that resonated players or the negative thing that put players off, and you can't isolate that information when you're adjusting so many variables at once. And I think this is one of those changes that comes with uh, live service or one of the challenges rather that comes with live service because uh, Hearthstone's not without its problems, especially in terms of like bugs and stuff in the last few years. That being said, uh, looking at a lot of other live service games, varying from AAA big success to smaller, Hearthstone really does do one of the the best i think approaches towards uh like live service games like there are a few times where i think they they sometimes miss the mark on uh balance stuff or whatnot and let it go a little bit longer than it should but i think they've gotten a lot lot better about that and especially if you played since the launch it's not even remotely comparable to what it was at launch like go go sit through six months of undertaker hunter and uh, then come play regular Hearthstone where you'll get a balance patch in like a month at the latest or something like uh, if not in like two weeks, like it's changed so much and changed for the better. Um, but this kind of brings back something we've talked about with mercenaries for a long time. And it's it feels like mercenaries is almost its own whole game and that it's relearning a lot of the mistakes that base Hearthstone already solved. And mm -hmm that's very confusing to me and it still is confusing to me uh why it's like you can't at least with other games if you're like making a comparison you're comparing to another product from another company and whatnot and that can be hard to do 
it becomes a lot easier to compare when you're comparing to a game in the same client. Um, and I think the, the most obvious comparison here is with dust, right? People have talked about excess coins and all that. And it's like, this is a system that was solved literally on launch in base Hearthstone. It's, Oh, you have more resources than you can use. Here is a resource you can use to get other things you need. Uh, like, and people have come up with like five different ways you could apply something like that to mercenaries. Uh, the most popular was like, you know, uh, a rarity coin, legendary coins or whatever, where it just has a legendary symbol, an epic symbol, and you can choose where you want to redeem that. You can still have specific coins. Specific coins can be fine. But like that, just a change like that, where if you somehow like, instead of getting, let's say 10, 15 coins from a pack for a legendary, let's say if you had all the legendaries maxed, what if that gave you... 15 legendary coins so at least that way you could kind of stockpile your coins and be like oh hey a new release is coming out i have all these legendary coins but realistically with these bigger drops i don't care how much you farm it's going to be unlikely that uh that you can have enough to like fully max a character or whatever uh so i don't think there'd be that big of a problem with it because they've shown us this is the part that really gets me and i don't understand They've shown us they're totally willing for this game to be completely free-to-play accessible, and I would actually argue it is more free-to-play friendly in terms of, like, maxing out a full collection than base Hearthstone is. If you want to, like... Now more than ever, too. Exactly. Mercenaries like, just, like, brief history. It It's also the yeah. most free-to-play friendly right now, I would say. Yeah, it's just... You know, it's you can do everything for free. It's just time consuming is the main thing. Is very and you can't skip that time versus money in a way. But that's the thing. It's almost not even like, like I haven't do that much. Exactly. It it helped at the start. Only in the start, generally. That's the that's the main thing. I I experienced that firsthand. Yeah, for like players like us who have been playing from the start. Oh, we got all these. But you got to remember, when you open a pack in the beginning. No matter what you get, it is useful until you have a bunch of them starting to get maxed. Packs actually are still very useful in the beginning for getting just even oh, for sure. coins for people. Same and... with uh, the task early on, too. Those random coins from a task uh, 13 of Antonitis, and you're just like, oh, hey, it's actually useful. I get to use that to upgrade. So it's, Honestly, it's not it's... as high in a sense as it could be in standard because, like, dust and oh, I can use it on whatever. Um, but still, it's just a little bit, I guess, off. I think it's also way. more about like player agency and decision making in terms of if you have dust or resources in standard, you are in control of how those resources are generally spent. Now, you can't control your pack RNG. Yeah, like mercenaries, you kind of have to work with what you're given, but you can, like, on my EU account, right, I have two wild decks that I play there for gold to try and build up this Mercenaries free account, and they're pretty budget. It's like Mech Mage and Inner Fire Priest. But mm-hmm. basically, I just I had a handful of cards from playing a little bit on EU in the past. I disenchanted a bunch of useless garbage, and I got myself two very playable, maybe like tier two decks, uh, tier one, tier two decks. And now I can play the game. And now, don't get me wrong, Constructed has its own problem in that it can get very expensive if you're someone like me who enjoys playing a wide variety of things. If you like playing all 10 classes with all different decks and cards, 
yeah, it's probably going to add up in terms of gold or money spent, but that's true of almost any card game, right? Hearthstone's not really an exception there. But in Mercenaries, it just feels like so much of that agency is removed, and even playing on EU, you're right, packs do matter more, but to me, i found, even though I have no max characters on EU, I still found packs to be kind of a feel-bad. Aside from it's great, you're guaranteed to get like all the rares and everything, um, I really, really dislike the random nature of it, because like... Since I'm playing free-to-play, I have a more limited collection. I got lucky with Valera, so I've been using her and Kazakis and stuff. But I want their coins. Like, those are the coins that I'm going for because I'm trying to build up my initial farming comp. And there's just... Outside of tasks, there's no really easy way to do that. Um, especially when you don't have a dedicated farming comp to grind bounties. Like, it's kind of makeshift. And mm-hmm. it, it just gets... It gets very... Um, it gets frustrating to me, like, I'm getting all these coins for characters that I don't really intend to use anytime soon, and, like, yeah, it helps in the long run, but it doesn't help with my enjoyment of the game in the short term, which is what is going to keep you playing, and also, after doing tasks on a account with mostly max stuff, it is so fucking painful to, to, uh, to do it with characters that have low level skills. Tasks are so much harder when you do not have characters, not even fully maxed, but like even just to level three with abilities. Like, holy shit, some of these things are so, they just take two to three times the time. And it's probably less frustrating if you haven't experienced how much easier it is with. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's a big ignorance is bliss thing. Like we it did is. it when no one knew what was like, how good yeah. it could be or like how fast it could be. And we were like, oh, this is normal. This is just fine. I'm just playing my video game. And then if, yeah. and that, now we know, and it's like, I just can't go back. It's Especially when so you true. have a cookie that, that honestly, I can't imagine not doing some of these. Tasks it's so bad. Being able to stall when you have to hit the ability mm-hmm. 10 times in a row or something. That's like 10 separate fights or more. You want to like do like the 800 damage or whatever with it real quick. You're just like, oh, I'll just double my ability over with this holy guy, Velen, and then, oh, do it real quick in like two minutes mm-hmm. instead of like 30 to an hour or something. I mean, in that way, that's a kind of a cool, like to compare it to other games in that sense, it's very hidden behind like layer after layer of like difficult, almost just like labyrinth style complexity but mm-hmm. the cookie kind of does represent that like in wow it was kind of a what was it called like boa stuff or whatever it was like bind on account gear where basically oh, okay. like you could just give it was basically a system to allow people to make a smurf like really easily mm-hmm. like if if you've already done the grind or have the knowledge to do the grind here is a mechanism like hidden within the game in a certain sense and wow does it like very blatantly that's what i'm saying like cookie's almost like hidden behind there but the positive take about cookie is like no if you know it's a way to turbo your account like it's a way to actually like take advantage of just knowing something that a new player wouldn't really be able to figure out very easily like would you know that cookie stops fights from moving on like no i wouldn't say that that's a natural thing yeah so if anything like it's cool that we have that tool. Like it's mm-hmm. almost an 
I, it totally makes sense to be like, well, if you don't have a cookie or you don't have a cookie leveled up or anything like that, like now all of a sudden you have to like do this other thing. But at that point, it's just complaining about like things to do. At the end of the day, cookie kind of does offer a unique position to be able to like kind of grind up your task kind of like relatively quickly. And especially now that tasks are just auto like replenish in that way. Mm-hmm. The, the cookie plus auto replenishing tasks combo is pretty nice for someone remaking an account essentially but the problem is this game has has to have one of the lowest second account easily per person of all time like i I actually can't think of another game that would be more like restrictive in terms of people being like nope i did it once that is enough thank you very much like what is even close what is even close and can That's you true. imagine now when there's going to be a 20 mercenary drop of how long it'll take to max all those and if people want to do it on a second account? I mean, I'm, I, I am all for Blizzard trying to, like, forcefully get people to stop trying to max everything. Like, I honestly yeah. feel like this is another step of them being like, guys, oh my god. I mean, we kind of said in the chat, too, of just being like, stop, cut it out. <laughs> like, I know <laughs> no. that you guys can. But, like, please stop. And, like, they can't ask nicely. They almost have to, like, force us to not. That's why that's, in a way, that's part of what I was talking about with the Chi-Chi task where, or the Chi-Chi event where it was, like, they, the dev team literally said, like, stop. We are going to stop you from grinding so hard. Like, literally just chill. And now in this case, they're kind of doing a different version of that where instead they're dumping, like, too much and being, like, all right, what about this approach? What if we literally <laughs> just, like, inundate you with stuff? Will you realize that, like, you just got to pick and choose? I honestly think that it might work for a good chunk of people, but there will certainly be people that try to just, like, spew and, like, hurt themselves trying to do it and trying to, like, actually get everybody uh, leveled up. But like we said, maybe they fix the the max priority. That's easy. That's the easiest way to get people to stop maxing your mercs, right? Yes, there's a very easy solution. What? Scaling. We've talked about it for six months. Just Uh, literally do the thing you're doing in your other mobile game where you're scaling PvP fights to make it. Mm -hmm. And I think their intention with the game was basically we won't have to worry about auto-scaling because our matchmaking is smart enough to put the right people with the right people because we've seen... The, the matchmaking in this game is weird as hell. Like, and it doesn't really matter what rank you are unless you're like really, really low ranks. But like, once you start building up an MMR, the matchmaking in this game is like nothing else in, in traditional yeah, yeah. Hearthstone that I've experienced. And I think that was, at, there was an intention there to be, well, instead of us leveling the playing field and auto scaling or whatever, we want the game to be about people leveling up the characters and a great point someone brought up to me that I'm like positive. And we're going to ask this if we ever get an interview, um, (laughs) I'm positive this, this change during development. Um, if you notice, no, not even that it's, it's more subtle. If you look at the skins of the characters there, and this also kind of relates to the baby skins. I think that somewhere along the way in Merck's design, the as you leveled your character, you could get the other skins for them, and it would be like you're getting them stronger. Because like, think about how many you characters. Baby. Yeah, it starts as and why so many of the the default ones are baby ones, and especially with like if you look at characters like Kazakus, it almost looks like you're seeing him like 
grow in power to his final form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought about that. I was like, you know, it would not surprise me at all if the game was actually drastically different and got changed kind of a little bit midway or later on. Cause it was in development for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And so they made, they decided the skins would be more of their monetization. So they put them in packs instead of it being like, Oh, you, you level up your character and they yeah, grow. Yeah. And cause I feel like if they had a system like that, I don't think they would have had the same leveling system with coins because you don't really feel like your character is getting that much more powerful when you're going from level one to level 30. I mean, it does yeah. a little bit if you're playing a melee character, but if you're playing a character that uses non-melee abilities, being level one versus level 30 almost matters not at all because if you have level one skills, it doesn't make a difference. And playing the free-to-play account, that's been the most glaring thing to me. Like, I've put some time in, not a lot. I'm not going very hard on it. I'm being super casual. But... It's just like, I feel like I'm not really getting anywhere with my characters, even though I've played 10, 15 hours or something. I just don't feel like I'm making a whole ton of progress. Um, obviously, I'm not going out of my way to farm stuff, but it just, it, it's, it feels very, it feels like, all right, I leveled my characters up, but now to actually make them useful, it feels like there are still hoops I have to jump through. And that's also one more thing. Please, for the love of God, give everybody all the task slots without charging fucking gold. I'm missing one slot on EU. That shit is 400 gold. That is four packs right there. That is fucking absurd for this. Yeah. For the last upgrade, it is 400 gold, the most expensive upgrade in mercenaries. And now with the change to the task system, those task slots are incredibly more valuable than they were prior. Like, that's probably why I haven't been doing it is because I've only had three task slots. I have two good tasks that I've been too lazy to finish and I'm not getting a, a, another task or two that like are good. And then I have to either go hunt for a new one or delete it and hope I get a good one tomorrow. And it's just not a, it, it just feels very, it doesn't feel like a positive sense of progression, like changing the, the task stuff was a big step in the right direction in terms of, making you feel like you're playing the game and that you're positively progressing. Um, but it, it just, it doesn't like, that's the thing that's kept me from playing this EU account is despite me playing a bit here and there, I don't really feel like I'm getting anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And this again, though, just because you're cursed with knowledge, that's and, probably like, part of it for just, sure. You're like, not supposed to this. Honestly, this feels like another thing in that camp of them being like, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Stop trying. Like I we mean, didn't, we literally didn't intend for people to try that. Like it actually mm-hmm. feels like they designed it thinking that people weren't going to do it and that people weren't going to, I mean, it's like what they talked about in the interview that one time with, with Ben Lee was just like, he, he basically openly admitted that we, that they were taken by surprise as to how the players like interacted with the game and essentially like committed to the game and same kind of deal. The whole, like starting a second account. I honestly would not be surprised if that was just nowhere on the radar of like things to actually worry about for right now, because they were very clearly thinking that the base thing was already way more than what people were ready for. And they were like very not on the nose about that. So I wouldn't be surprised if 
that's like a you kind of like saw into a sneaky portal of the future of something that they will change to make the like they'll almost introduce changes to make the the free to play or the second account the the oh, account sure. of someone who already has played to want to make another account like they might actually make weird changes just for that particular like i want to have a second account i don't know what those changes would be i don't know if that percentage of the population is even remotely like word like valuable at all to them because it probably might be not so ludicrously it's probably small, too but small but it's it is funny to to feel bad in that way yeah I mean, the one thing they did say too is um that the task system isn't done like they did say in the last post also that, hey we're still working on it and it will be developed even more this year so like we'll, we'll just have to see you know kind of what does that mean as it also continues on like mm -hmm. how that will you know show up because so far right now i am actually really happy with the task system oh yeah tasks are great yeah. oh, like I, no complaints change was like i don't best. think anyone yeah, yeah, has no said anything that. negative about that one like that's the one change that i think regardless of positivity negativity whatever your view on mercs is i don't think there's anyone who can say that change was a bad change i think the only bad thing about it was it didn't come like three months sooner like that's really it like if that if that change you know you know what would have made such a big difference and it's a topic i'll probably go into another time because i don't want to go fully down the rabbit hole imagine just just close your eyes and imagine a world where air elemental gets nerfed and the following week they make this change like boom there oh, you go yeah. like you it, i would have had all tasks way back then <laughs> yeah. it would have changed everything like too fast like, think, yeah, they would people would have gotten their stuff too quickly honestly like and that would have been done it just feels like that's covering for faulty design decisions in terms of or and i think this is more of a not that they don't have the ideas for this stuff i think this is kind of a result of being a big corporate company and having investors and shareholders who say, Hey, you have to push this out the door because we have quarterly profits to maintain. That, that's what we said. Like, supposed I to mean, be due by, yeah. Yeah. The, the project due date is today. Cause it already got pushed yeah, back. You have to remember another thing though, too. It was coming in the dark yeah, moon fair. Like, Oh, a, that was true. Mercenaries got pushed back. Yeah. I think almost like it was like almost a time and a half. They pushed it back from the dark moon fair. And then I think they pushed it back like a few weeks into the the expansion mm -hmm. when it came out and so like the game i believe unless i'm recalling incorrectly i believe there was at least around two years of development time spent on the game mm -hmm. um and it just it doesn't make sense to me that if you're spending all this time playing the game you don't run into this issue of what am i working towards for the end what is my what is my goal at the end and like it's even weirder when you look at other blizzard games have had that problem and then they solve it later like diablo 3 had a dog shit end game when that game came out but the way they and they kind of did it like mercenaries they made it such a pain in the ass to progress and they made it easier to just go buy stuff on the real money auction house and all this stuff was incredibly flawed so it's like what you were doing was it's almost exactly like mercs if you bought items on there for gold or for real money, you were basically getting items faster than the game was intending you to get them. But the the pace at which you would get them normally was so fucking slow. It was the whole game was the journey, not the destination. And that's kind of the problem in mercenaries. It's all about the journey. And that's why I've had fun with the EU account. It's like sometimes it's fun not having max stuff because you have to think about different solutions like 
it's not all negatives, but it's there need to be there needs to be at least one positive for the people that do care about maxing stuff and then the by virtue of having a PvP mode in this game that people like that is going to be the main thing that is incentivizing a lot of people to do max cuz that's where it matters more that plus 1 plus 5 is not making a game breaking difference in 90 plus percent of PvE encounters right usually you're winning or losing by a lot more than five health um, in PvE. And it's just, like, I've played so many different games, and I've seen this problem before, and I think it is something they are going to fix, but they really need to give us something, because that's just how, I mean, I've said this to a bunch of people. Right now, I have no motivation to really play Mercenaries. The only thing I do is I'll pop it open on my phone or my iPad or whatever, and I'll do some casual tasks while I'm doing some video editing, watching a stream, whatever. Just something I'm casually doing in the background, not paying that much attention to. And that's fine. Um, except when you get like awful tasks, but that's fine. But I don't like, you would think the game would want to reward you for putting in all this time to do what it wants you to do and leveling your characters. And it's like, I feel like the reward is worse than the ride to get there. And that wouldn't be terrible on its own if the ride to get there wasn't so mediocre. Like I was gonna say, you're 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 experiencing the like feel bad sometimes of the when you enjoy the ride and the EU ride. Once you've already seen what the ride is like, it's kind of hard to enjoy the like when you're going slow, unless you like really like you said, kind of like allow yourself in to like forget and and just it's like, hard try yeah. to have fun like messing stuff around. Like it's again the it's just the player is their worst the player is their worst enemy in this in this game mode like the your own self is your worst enemy it's crazy i think it's because of like uh it's not it feels like the game isn't certain in itself what it wants you to do really like it doesn't give you a lot of direction in my opinion like the it 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 nudges you a little bit with the, the the tasks and the story quests but it's not really telling you a lot about how to play the game um and whatnot and i think that's because there's not really a whole lot to say like you just do the pve stuff and you beat it and then you move on to the next one and then there's also pvp too but it doesn't like it's just very strange to me because like it can't be like i refuse to believe this is something that wasn't caught along the way like, I'm firmly in the camp. Like, they realized this was an issue. They didn't think it would be as big of an issue as it was, but I think they realized this was an issue, but basically their hands were tied in terms of we have to release this product and we'll get there. You know, it, it, the it's kind yeah. of the, the mantra of a lot of games nowadays. It's like, get it out the door. We'll fix what we need to later. And for better or for worse, that is basically what ended up happening now some games that works and some games that doesn't you know we've there are a lot of live service games that uh that have problems like like this it's not mercenaries isn't a unique thing it's just i think it feels so much more glaring because the vast majority of people who play this game either play or in the past played some form of regular hearthstone and so we have kind of a precedence that things should be a certain way um especially those of us who've been around the game for a long time have seen it positively evolve like 
if you go compare 2014 Hearthstone to 2022 Hearthstone, like 2014 Hearthstone would not last as long as it did in today's market without the changes they have made, in my opinion. Duplicate protection being a huge one. Um, generally, yeah, pity timer um, making it a bit more, I think it's much more free to play friendly now than it used to be, despite the initial controversy with the rewards track. It, it sucked getting gold in base Hearthstone outside of quests. Like, it literally, you get 10 gold for three wins and you were capped at 100. That's a pack a day if you played for like a couple hours. Like, it's not good old days. So, the good old days. They've improved and it's like, where has all that gone? Like, can, can we. It's just, I think that's what makes it feel so glaring. I don't think I would have the same level of uh, strong feelings about this that I do if this game came out on Steam and it was its own thing. Like, literally the exact same game, not in the Hearthstone client, but, like, uh, yeah. same thing. Like, I'd be like, okay. Like, my, my third like, dinner. Yeah, <laughs> third dinner. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it, it, it's just, that's one of those things. And when you're trying to... And I really do think they thought it was going to be more of a hit with people than it was on launch. Like, because if you go back and watch that marketing stuff, man, like they really, they really thought like they had that, like that I'm convinced they thought this was the next Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds, yeah, they, no, they fully I mean, they they sold it like production value for that. Remember they made the whole entire like, area of like a whole tavern for the announcement. It was a lot. They, Diablo, yeah, it was a lot setting it up. No, I, I honestly think we kind of touched on it earlier, though, of that, like, I think if anything, if there's anything that's, like, unique about, again, all of this is just obviously speculation. We'd love to be able to get, I, I will we'll have to continue to follow up on an interview kind of thing, but mm -hmm. the, I think if anything, the, un, the potentially unique part about, again, our projected theoretical development cycle for this game was, like we were talking about with the baby portraits and stuff, that Occam's Razor style, it's likely that this game was just a completely different game until like months before it was actually like that's what the delay so clearly seems to layer on to like we have an idea for a game, we built it up like basically all the way, and then after in a like a relatively large amount of investment, realized like almost like game breaking things about the design, and then had to majorly shift stuff right at the end and then ship it. And that's why we saw so many typos and so many weird just like pictures not being right and just like things that were just the task again, bugs like, it looked yeah. hastily there were like these hastily made elements that don't lie like you said if they were just on steam you'd be like okay yeah that makes sense but like from hearthstone it doesn't feel like that but if you had to defend it in any kind of way it really feels as if they pr probably literally had a completely different game in many aspects of the game even in like may when it came out in october like i honestly yeah. again will we ever know i don't know but that to me i think is just if there's anything unique about the fact that it's like oh we'll fix it later style it's that it most games that like we'll fix it later we're still supposed to be the same thing the entire time i would argue yeah. like it's not like they actually get like hardcore shifted halfway through so i don't know we'll see but i think we kind of we might have touched on it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, so a couple of things I do want to say about that a little bit in its defense. Um, and one part I don't know about for sure is right after the game did come out, they did announce about a month after, uh, I think it was kind of like right before like the whole winter break mm -hmm. that they're 
dedicating a whole new team to this. So, you know, True. everything could have kind of changed. It could have been, I think it was originally just a couple people in the Hearthstone team that were working on this at the same time. It wasn't just, oh, hey, dedicated, you people are on Mercenaries now. So it was kind of like, hey, I'm going to go work on this for a little bit, you know, and kind of like everyone has their input. Because that's yeah. when they said, I'm like, we're as Blizzard making a Mercenaries team now. So, you know, that could have really shifted also the perspective of, people in that and be like okay now we're gonna start doing these changes we're putting all of our work into this because this is the mode that like i'm working on now mm -hmm. um, which i think we saw to like it totally instantly. again felt like a one-to-one -one response of like when 2022 started mm -hmm. and the full team was going everything was great and yep. i would say that for the most part things have been good and if anything it almost like we were saying that like wait things were good but then they started to potentially over adjust i mean what we might be seeing as uh, supposed over adjustment might just be like the real team being like, no, 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 we are taking the reins now. This is going to be <laughs> the good way now. And yep. it's going to be this, they will realize it in a little bit, but like, we're going to take over. And that, that totally tracks as well. Again, that doesn't really yeah. explain that. Then it, then it would almost be like that. There were like three different teams in a weird way where there was like the, the OG maybe never existed mercenaries, the one that got made or kind of assembled together that we are familiar with now or were and now there's a 2022 version like this is like the third potentially third or fourth iteration mm -hmm. of the same game in like six months like eight like or yeah. closer to a year i guess but yeah the one uh, thing crazy yeah the other point i was going to say on that though too is all of this started happening too didn't they announce this like right before covid and everything uh what mercenaries or the teams thing yeah the mercenaries yeah, uh, I don't think game. it was before COVID because was it like right? In the it, was, it was. It was. You know what it was? On, I'm pretty sure it was. It was in their yearly roadmap, like I believe of 2021. So like early 2021. So that would be like right, kind of at the beginning of all that. So I definitely see that. I think one thing that is worth mentioning about the team thing is I think it gets a little confused because. We do, we're still missing a lot of information there. From my understanding, they do have a dedicated team of people focused on mercenaries. Like, no question about that. We don't know how many people, though. A team could be two or three people. A team could be ten people. We don't yeah. know. But I do have a little bit of, I guess, like, information. Um, you know, we do we do see the, some of the devs around once in a blue moon. And uh, one of them popped into uh, one of the tournaments I was doing a little while ago. I think it was one of the drafts. I don't remember. Um, but they talked about the fact that they worked on mercenaries and um, they were actually responsible for designing a Merc and some of the other stuff. But I don't know. I don't think they were a part of the dedicated mercenaries team. I could be wrong about that, but it sounded like they worked on other stuff in the game, too. So I think it's important to acknowledge, even though there is a team, there still is that element of. Our stone is a big game. There are over a hundred people working on it. You're going to yeah. just be pulling from different people. Cause you know, maybe what one person specializes in is applicable to constructed to battlegrounds, to mercenaries, like it applies to multiple modes. Um, and I think they really are doing a pretty concentrated effort to refine, uh, that. And I think it's still in the process, but we're like getting somewhere and you can kind of see this in how we have a person kind of responsible for the modes section now um, and wild falling under that umbrella too. 
Like we, we're seeing some restructuring how they're having, you know, uh Celestian um focus on like quality of life stuff. And they talked about how this year they want to improve the client. Like they want to like they're like, we're happy with what Hearthstone is, we're happy with all the stuff we've made. We just want to make what we have better. We want to polish it. We want to make it shine. And I think everyone was happy to hear that because, uh, especially in recent years, like bugs falling through the cracks and, and all that stuff have become more common. And just generally, I think that's a great approach for them to make. But I do think it is important to remember when we are talking about like a dedicated team, we don't know how many people that dedicated team is. So it could be a lot. It could be a little. And it's still, even with the team, um, I don't think, I think that, they're still kind of in a process of this. It's not like all figured out. Uh, like they have these dedicated teams, but they still have people who work on the other modes and, and all this stuff. So I think that's one of those things we'll see improve over time. Um, but yeah, for the, the time being, I, th I just think it's worth noting that I think they are still pulling people from other aspects of the game to work on it, which is in my opinion, a good thing. Like, uh, the the Merc they designed was actually um, one of my favorite ones in Long Jin. And so it was cool getting to, and this is something why I love to see uh, sometime in the future, like a little bit more open communication from like literally anyone involved with the project because like, um, like it, it just would go a long way. And we're seeing more of that now in other formats. We saw today with the patch notes, Gallon did a great breakdown of their their kind of logic on why they changed things, why they buffed things. It was like a 20 tweet long thread and it provided some really good insight that that's the kind of stuff I almost wish, wish was in the patch notes or at least like a footnote in the patch notes because like it's so great to get it, to see their perspective, right? To like kind of see it through their eyes and what because we can theorize all day. I mean, we're on a podcast for fuck's sake, right? Like that's like half of what podcasts are. It's like talking about possible yeah. possible things, but we've seen improvement with that in standard. We've seen it in battlegrounds too. They just did uh, one. I think like the lead for battlegrounds came out uh, and talked about how they deal with balancing for high level versus low level, and how they have to kind of juggle those two things because they're trying to appeal to both those players. Uh, we even saw in the small amount of duels patch notes uh, we got. Tiberak was talking about his kind of thought process and it's it's easy to take this stuff for granted for sure because none of these people have to do any of this it's not in their job description I guarantee you they're not getting paid for it it's all because they care about the game and they like interacting with the community which we're very grateful to have like developers that are that passionate it would just be awesome because I have no doubt there is a lot of passion in the people who make mercenaries it would be awesome if we could see a little bit more of that and interact with a little bit more of that because agree or disagree with a certain balance philosophy i'd at least like to know where they're coming from because then i can at least get kind of a baseline right i can get a yeah. it's it's kind of like the varden nerf right like that gave us a baseline that set a precedent that was previously unset and the fact that we got that little bit of insight from shout out to uh charles like that was awesome and i really do appreciate like the the stuff he does give us because um it may not be all the time yeah, but he's been doing great with, but, uh, but he does great Lokalar like deathwing he like it. it's really yeah he did it for Lokalar, he did it for deathwing he did it for the varden nerf and that's awesome yep. like the that's the type of stuff 
I would love to see just a little bit more of like anything. Um, also, and this will be just like a quick tidbit. We'll start to wrap things up here cause it's getting late. Um, but one other thing, and we did see Alkali kind of mentioned this a little while ago about possible doing more creator reveal stuff, uh, for a bunch of different modes. But she did mention, you know, they did the art thing for mercenaries. We had our own mall who here reveal some cool art. And she did mention they want to do stuff like that for mercenaries again. So I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to cross my fingers and maybe they'll do that for this big Mercs drop. I mean, they kind of, they kind of transitioned from not doing much at all in terms of, uh, pre-release uh kind of uh teasing stuff with battlegrounds into actually pumping a lot into it with creator reveals and stuff like there were a ton for this naga patch there was like three or four days and very structured yeah and it was right by the patch so it was great it wasn't like the old hearthstone reveals where we would get card reveals and then there'd be like a weird two-week gap before we got the the final reveal and then the set a week later and it just kind of killed the hype a bit but with this it's like they're they're showing us all this cool new stuff and then boom it's available like a few days later and that's like the the one-two punch like you get people while they're still interested and invested um and that's just something i think is an important thing to do and you know there aren't that many of us we're being real (laughs) um like i could probably count the amount of people who are still creating mercenaries content on one to two hands max like there have been a large number of people who have stepped away from the game, not because they don't enjoy the game, but because it's just not very sustainable to produce content for it in the current state that the game is in, especially relative to its uh, popularity and player base. And it sucks because there's some great players. Like I remember from the beginning, Martin, Martin was one of like the best players. He was so good. I loved watching that dude play and getting his insights. Um, I mean, Dallas, for example, like Dallas still plays, but he hasn't been doing the streaming stuff as much um, and whatnot, because it's it's a lot to create content for this game. And especially when you enjoy the game and it's like you want to pump out content on a new release, like you have to grind like a motherfucker and you can't even like I I could have I could have a, a cool grand to blow on this game. And I'd be better setting that money on fire generally because it's it's going to do almost nothing to help me actually get the progression. And so it forces you to grind and you're limiting your audience very heavily when you do that, because you're basically saying if you value your time and you aren't willing to put up with this grind, but you like other aspects of it, well, you can kind of go fuck yourself. (laughs) And uh, I think that message has been received. I mean, this is a, a player perception thing, but this is kind of what happens when it's not clear Uh, when the game and the creators of the game aren't really giving you much of a direction to go in. People are going to just do it for, figure it out for themselves. Cause how else is it going to happen? Like it, it's, and I'm sure a lot of people don't even like think that deeply into it. Right. Like maybe I'm overanalyzing it a bit, but it's, it's just a very, I hope we see more reveals and stuff. I, I don't think it's going to happen for this reveal season, but it would not surprise me if it happens in the next one or two. I do think they want to um, involve the members of the community that are still here. Uh, but it kind of all ties back to, I really think they just do not want to push this mode with any kind of marketing until it's at a point where they think 
they will actually get something back out of that marketing. And we're just really not at that point right now with the the state of the game. It's just not, it's just not there. Like, yes, has it gotten a lot better? Sure. But you also have to factor in if people didn't play at launch, they don't really realize it's gotten better. That's just their baseline. Like, uh, we had someone in the chat before talking about what did the old release cycle used to be like? Like, it's, if you don't know, like, it's like, how do you know that things got better? Things got worse. If you don't have that context, right? Context is everything. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, but you know, if, uh, if they do create a reveals, I imagine, uh, we got to be pretty high up on that list. Cause it's a pretty short list. <laughs> <laughs> especially i mean if they're literally again going to be giving us like 20 mercenaries or something like that like i yeah. wouldn't even be surprised that they might literally like we we don't have any open really like communication with whatever like the new like order of people that is working on mercenaries like that so it, it kind of feels like maybe once we once we get all the mercenaries drop and then they kind of like let us know what's going on a little bit more and they let us know like who's even on the team then maybe we'll start getting stuff. But yeah, right now, like you're saying, it's it feels like there are, there are a few of us in that sense, and it's kind of a very intentional radio static right now. Like it, like you said, if people are if you're coming to look at mercenaries right now, it doesn't look good. The meta is kind of wonky. That we haven't really heard anything in a while. We're waiting on new stuff, right? Like it really does feel like the end game still weighs out. Yeah, just like they've they've committed to basically just saying like the real game will be soon. Like the yeah. we're not even really worried about the people that are hanging around right now because the enfranchised players have, uh, through whatever degrees of torture you want to describe <laughs> it as, has they they've hung on. There are people I think that like hanging by a thread. All of the nonsense that yeah. people are hanging on, and like how many times have we said just like. Uh, like the next one's the last draw i'm sure yep. and, like, and then the, okay the last one i was kind i was just kidding about the last one there were at least one more straw okay two final <laughs> more straws yep. but no so more true. than four it's very I, true it's, like so it's so it's very uh, on a certain level i think the hearthstone people have said like the community has said what's up we see you like we will probably the people that will be here will be here the new people vastly outnumber the people that have already played the game so when you're crunching the numbers uh, it feels it probably feels fine to just kind of like sit on their uh, heels a little bit until it truly starts rolling yeah and honestly i think that's in a way a good thing just take a break set it back a little bit get what you need to get done and have it completely done and ready to go for you know this big new drop coming out get it so it's the best it can be when they drop it so it can try and draw more attention that's what they said they also wanted to do is having these bigger content releases you know might draw in more people like wow mercenaries has pages long of new stuff coming in like what's happening with the game instead of you know oh it's at the bottom of patch notes you know maybe a page long or something yeah. so because when this new mercenaries come out it's going to be like 10 pages 12 pages long yeah, just for the mercs alone yeah honestly yeah. this might be the first time where we actually get a completely separate like they might start doing mode specific patch notes mm -hmm. or something like that maybe, maybe it's actually like i could totally see that there are weird like whether it's localization or whatever it is that like it's really beneficial to have it all in one document but yeah this is going to be the most the goofiest length 
patch notes just ever yeah. especially if that it's also a mini set or any amount of real news on any of the other modes too. it's got to yeah, be a mini set like point four is yeah, always four. a mini set pretty much as far as i'm aware looking back and and it's also kind of interesting because they just shook up the standard meta a ton with uh 17 buffs and three nerfs or something yeah so it's like no it does feel weirdly kind of soon for another like mini set again i haven't been playing much standard by any means but like it just thinking kind of quickly it, it feels quick quick yeah. yeah but if we look at the timetable uh what's it so the patch that brought us the the bullshit that is trigor was april 5th the expansion launched a week later on the 12th so it's been it's been a month and a week um since the uh the expansion so usually it's like month and a half to two months range when I've noticed. I'm pretty confident it's going to be more in the month and a half this side. And I think part of the reason so why uh, why these balance changes came later was because they did already have that initial balance change. And they mentioned specifically how they work on the major content updates in advance. So that's why you don't typically see a lot of balance updates in them. Which is why I'm also expecting twenty-two point or twenty-three point four. I don't think it's going to have mercenaries balance updates because, or if it does, it's going to be ones that they locked in a while ago. They could have just realized in a week or two, hey, Trigor's busted his shit. But due to their patch cycle, maybe the the patch that we just got or the patch before it were already locked in. Um, that's why they do these smaller patches because they can deploy them without all the work of a full content patch like for example phones right mobile is a big uh part of the game don't you guys have phones and uh mm -hmm. <laughs> so like with the update today i didn't have to go to the app store for a new update the update published in game and i just downloaded 20 megabytes and i was good to go whereas the the 23.2 patch right you had to wait for the update and it was a full big update and all that stuff so I, I do think because they have that, you know, they're kind of okay with taking things a bit slower on Mercs. I think that's one of those things they could have decided like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, like, hey, yeah, we should probably change this. But we won't see that until the patch, if we see that at all. Um, it, it's just very... Uh, it's why I think, like, if if this patch that we got this week was coming next week, I would be convinced we uh we would not be getting yeah. the mini set on the 31st and point four on the 31st because it would just be too soon they do not patch the game twice in a week it just doesn't happen yeah. that's like really lightning speed fast it the only time i've seen something like that happen is like the, the galakron shaman that was busted in half for like demon hunter on launch or something like they typically do not do that unless it's like an emergency circumstance so when they said, hey, we're announcing patch news on Thursday, and that makes it kind of sound like the patch is coming the following week, it was like, uh-oh, that got me a little concerned, because it was like, are they going to push back the mercenary stuff? And uh, then they're like, nope, miscommunication, patch is actually coming same day, Thursday. And once I saw that, I was like, okay, we're, yeah. we're getting... It, it, we got the patch this week, that gives us uh, a full week and a half till uh, 31st. Like, I think, I'm convinced. Like, if it doesn't happen... You're gonna see some surprised Pikachu faces because I, I really <laughs> yeah. would be surprised if it does not happen then. Yeah, it's like saying like the Nazoth kind of on the thirty first too. How we were saying earlier, how it ends and everything. 
So then, yeah, just as you were saying, yeah, there's going to be a ton right. of stuff with it coming. So I, I think, yeah, 31st. So the Niz, the Niz offense specifically the Nizoth event ends on the thirty first. Yeah, and they said the wording is the bigger Nizoth. thing. Yeah, yeah it, it's I don't know the exact wording, but it, basically they were saying when the Nizoth event ends, uh, it will be on twenty three point four because he will be into oh. packs. Yes, it literally it yeah, says so basically there won't be a gap as there was in Chief exactly in Leroy, right as it goes. Because before there would be the gap, and like, what are you like? Oh, okay, vents over. Okay, he's still not in packs. Okay, right. now there's a patch to later. Now it's saying, don't worry, the event is going to run all the way until they go into packs, which will be in the next patch, which is the point four that's coming. Yeah, out. and in previous stuff, so when, all the way to when they said stuff like that, they worded it differently and said, these will be added in the next major patch. Whereas now they didn't, they decided not to word it that way. They decided to say, hey, it's coming with the following patch when the event ends. And that, again, I think that's going into potentially, it might be a little bit too soon, so maybe not, but that could be feedback, right? Like, I was very vocal about uh, the, the fact that I think it is terrible the way the events were currently set up, like, uh, with uh, locking people out of getting a character. I know it's a common thing in gacha games, but I think Blizzard is riding that line between being a gacha and not being a gacha very, very carefully. Because I'll tell you right now, I don't think there's any gacha in existence that is, I mean, I'm no means an expert, but uh, that is kind of as free to play friendly as Mercenaries is because you don't have to spend a dime in this game. And I encourage most people to not. If I didn't enjoy the skins, I probably wouldn't spend, like, any money in this mode. Uh, it, it's just, it's purely a cosmetic thing for me most of the time. I'm never spending money on the game and expecting progression to happen, uh, generally, other than, I guess, building the collection. Um, and even that, comparing it to other gotchas and mobile games, mobile, mobile games, like, in that genre have such a terrible problem with, like, they price everything so crazy high that most people go free to play, and then the game gets paid for by people who decide to wail out and drop a couple grand or whatever. Um, and it feels like they were trying to do that with Mercs, with the portraits. It's like that was the trade-off. Like, everyone can get everything for free and can get it relatively easy, like easier than other things in Hearthstone. But if you like the skins or if you want to speed up the process, you're going to be, you know, throwing out some cold, hard cash and it's not going to be cheap. Um, and it kind of makes sense. Uh, I mean, I'm all for games monetizing their cosmetics over monetizing progression. Um, mm -hmm. but it, it just feels, I don't know. It, it just, it feels like it's trying to be a gotcha in some ways while not in others. And it goes back to what we spent a bunch of time talking about before, kind of an identity crisis where it's not made clear. Like they've never I don't think Blizzard has ever mentioned the word gotcha. Like, nowhere at all. They clearly have gone out of their way to not use that word. Um, because there is often a negative connotation to that word. Um, and they kind of want to avoid that, but it's undeniably the same kind of game that they are making in a lot of ways. Or at least that's what it's similar to in the genre. So it's it's really, it's really weird. Uh, like... It, I think the biggest thing, the game mode has a very clear identity crisis, 
And until that is solved and communicated, um, I think it's going to still have these kind of problems we've talked about, even if we do see minor improvements along the way. I think that is like the big thing. You gotta you gotta sit down and say, what do we want this game to be? And how do we communicate that to the player base? Like that's that's really to me the the next big step. Or at least what speed do we want the players to go at? Like I'm almost okay with them committing to like we know our identity, but the problem really is like we're people don't want that. We're not like letting it we're not we're changing not doing it. A good job, like enforcing the speed that we want it to go at in a weird way, like in a in a transparent or like seemingly healthy way. Like, mm -hmm. I'm okay with them being like, no, we're not gonna be a gotcha game, but we are gonna be. You know, like you can still pay to get stuff, like, but honestly, it to me the 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 biggest thing is truly just like even if they knew what they wanted they didn't have a good grasp or like knew what they wanted to be in that sense. And like that, this was what they wanted to be. The player speed was just like one of the biggest problems. And they didn't, it seems as if they need to either solve that on their end or like you said, then change like your, change your identity in some way, but like one or the other, I would say at least I would just add like normalize the speed so that the devs are okay with the player speed or somehow finagle an identity uh that involves like you said either just secondary resource duplicate protection things where you can actually spend the money and it works so you could argue they did that in the beginning though with the air elemental nerf that was them that's almost exactly what yeah. you're talking about where they were saying hey no, I mean, we've seen you're doing this too fast like hey please stop like chill <laughs> like stop. stop again and then but it's interesting to see them almost kind of renege on that by giving us this task improvement because that's almost the exact opposite, right? That goes to that kind of, it's communicating different things. Uh, a, a few weeks after launch, they were saying, you're getting tasks too quickly, and that that's clearly a sign saying, hey, we know there's not 50, 100 plus hours of content in this PvE game. We don't want you being done with it in a month or a week or two weeks or whatever, which is understandable, right? Especially if you have a content release cycle planned, you want it to kind of line up nicely. You you don't want people, you don't want to be dropping brand new content when people are just getting started with the game and still have all this content. Um, but then you go and do something positive and you speed it up. And then it's just like, well, why did we make that change in the first place? Was it because you just needed to slow down the players so that you could get to that point where it's like, we have more content now? But it's not... I mean, the 1.1 stuff was just, like... I think from their perspective, they probably were thinking, like, yeah, like, okay, unfortunately, it ends up, like, slowing down the game for the players, but, like, that's not why we were fixing it. That was just, like, if we don't fix this, everyone just ends up, like, camping. You look at their spreadsheets of, like, where are people playing on your game, and it's just, like, everyone at the beginning, like, why? Like, no, that's not how we want it. And so then, mm -hmm. then they change it to, like, actually get people to just spread out and play the game. But, again, the, every single problem is just, like, tied into all these other problems and seem as if they're changing two variables at once or then think that they are only changing one thing and we feel as if it's two. And, yeah, it's just, no matter what, it's... It's an unenviable position to try to figure this out considering the state 
that uh mm-hmm. that it, they've kind of had to work with every now and then. Yeah, it's complicated. I'm sure we will talk about it more in the future, but we've already gone a little bit longer than I was expecting us to go today. But it's good. We've had some really good discussion, and I think uh, this was kind of fun going in with a more freeform structure. We didn't really plan this out. This has just been kind of an organic conversation about the mode, and uh, I think it's covered some really good points, and we'll probably talk about it more in the future, but we do want to wrap things up here. Um, But yeah, really important stuff. I think that uh, the game identity and conveying that identity are definitely two of the things that are at, like the the core of the the issue with the game, and so if we see stuff that kind of helps with that, um, you know, with the next big release and the next few whatever stuff they do in the next like year, like I know for me, that's kind of like my baseline was all right. I'll give this a year. I want to see where this game goes in one year's time span. And we're uh, we're getting closer. The, uh, we're, I mean, we're already halfway there, right? Like yeah, we're- we some big leaps, like suddenly. We're seven months, months in. It'll be a year. We're seven months in. We've crossed the thrash, the halfway threshold and uh, definitely uh, not exactly where I expected it to be. Um, some things a little bit for better, some things a little bit for worse. So there's some give and some take there. Uh, but yeah, Clear communication and finding a better way to communicate. Uh, basically, and when I say I, I don't just mean like them telling us stuff, I mean literally using the game as a communication tool too to like tell the player, hey, give us a better sense of what you want us to do. And it's just so unfortunate because it feels like the community has a lot of great ideas and they clearly are listening to some of them, but it wouldn't surprise me if some of the decisions that we want are uh, kind of locked behind uh, decision-making that isn't really at the hands of the people running the mode. Like, maybe it's not in their power to say, hey, all mercs will automatically scale up in PvP. Like, maybe that's something they want to do, too. We don't know. It's all speculation. But it wouldn't surprise me, especially the fact that they're literally making that, that, like, Clash Royale like game, the fact that they went out of their way to specify that in PvP in that game you will not have any advantage and it will all be leveled out, that was just like rubbing some salt in the wound. Like I, I already got people asking me like, hey, is this gonna be like the the mercenaries killer, <laughs> or the is this gonna be the new mercenaries or whatever? Not, but in like a positive way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so it's just been kind of funny seeing like that they're doing something similar because think about it's about collecting characters it's about leveling characters it's about battling characters i mean i'm sure it's going to play very differently but from what ixar and some other people have said they spent a good 20 30 40 50 hours playing that game and enjoying themselves in the pve i fucking wish i could say i had that much enjoyment out of mercs i've put well in above that time but i can promise you a lot of it was not very enjoyable but i suffered through that for the PvP because the PvP was so much fucking fun. And that's why we're here. That's why this podcast exists. I mean, we cover all things mercenaries, but PvP was the reason. I mean, we had our sister podcast and the the Spirit Healer. Uh they were trying to do more general stuff and there's just there wasn't enough stuff to cover on mercenaries. Um like even we have a hard time sometimes when the news is light. And whatnot and and we love talking about all this stuff 
so it's just it's it's very tricky um but i do hope that this is the uh we're kind of at the 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 lowest point right now and it's it's all gonna be just like good from here or better at least from here but uh like what we were saying before can't really say yes or no to that until we see the drop so uh yeah also don't forget tournament 28th uh i think we're gonna be aiming to start around five ish where i still have to coordinate we still have to all coordinate our schedules and everything um so if that changes it will be updated in the battlefly information i did also want to mention someone asked about possible crowdfunding for kind of uh tournament rewards so uh if anyone's interested in upping the uh the prize pool at all if that's something you want to do uh, there will be a link in the description where you can donate and just include in the message you would like uh, it to be added to the prize pool and we will update the prize pool right now uh, currently I had the prize as the $15 bundle that's currently available for the legendary portrait and 15 packs or something of equivalent value um, but if you want something else you can get something else whatever but I had someone mention this to me on YouTube, so I figured I'd just throw it in here. Obviously, super not necessary, but if you are interested in, you know, up, helping to up the prize pool, maybe we can get uh, some prizes for, like, second and third place or something, or up the, the first place. Uh, just wanted to put out that that is an option, but that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this one. Again, all information for the, the, uh, the Popper Open 2 uh, will be linked in the description, so definitely go check that out. You won't want to miss it. I think it's going to be one of our best events yet. Um, but that is going to wrap it up for this one. Um, normally we do the end question and we do the sign off, but you know this is an impromptu week, so we're just going to impromptu skip that because we've already gone on for way longer than I thought we were going to tonight. Um, again, no podcast next week. Tune in to the tournament if you can make it, and we will be back the following week. If you can't catch it live, it will be going up on YouTube, usually within a week's time. Uh, but we do want to thank you so much for watching. If you enjoy it, do remember to like, subscribe, follow, all that good algorithm stuff. And we will see you in the next episode. Yeah, the Discord. Thank you, Malhu. Uh, we have a Discord now, and if you want to play in the tournament, that's where you got to be, because that's where we're going to be communicating a bunch of stuff. Um, also, if you have any interest in helping out with the tournament, if uh, you're not able to participate or if you just want to be involved in some way, we might be looking for one or two people to just help out with some uh, general stuff, like in terms of organizing players and some more behind the scenes stuff. So if we have anyone who is interested in helping out with that kind of stuff, uh, Discord is also a great way to let us know about that and keep up with all information related to the podcast. And just get a hold of any of one of us if you want to talk about some mercenary stuff. Um, so yeah, thank you for mentioning that, Molhu. But that is going to wrap it up for this episode of The Fighting Pit. We do want to thank you so much for watching, and we will catch you in the next one. Take it easy, everybody. Good night. Thanks for everyone joining in. See you guys.